Welcome to the Living on the B-Side podcast, a show that is all about music, people, and their music-related stories. In each episode, I showcase the power of music, why we love it, the experiences around it, and how music can reach our life in so many ways. Come and join me, your host, Birgit, and my guests from all walks of life for conversations about songs and artists from different genres of music, what impact they have in our lives, and what we have learned with and through it. I can't wait to take you on this musical journey with me. Hey, B-Siders, welcome to another guest episode from my podcast. I am super excited to have a wonderful lineup of guests recently, and every guest is just beyond amazing. I can't um, say that enough. So I'm really excited to dive into this episode and introduce you to my um, guest for this episode. And yeah. Let's get cracking, I would say, um, without further ado. Hello, Erica. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. You bet. So glad to be here. Yes, and um, I believe it's <laughs> a bit of an unearthly hour at this time. So um, all right. we're all still ready to go and rock and whatever else. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on. I know your story is a really great one to share. And I, I love that you've agreed to come on and say, you know, share it with everybody because it's very inspiring sure. and hopefully gives a few of my listeners and viewers a bit of strength to know that, you know, life doesn't always suck and it can get better <laughs> and there is good stuff yeah. happening. So, you know what? There's good stuff even in the suck sometimes. Yeah, it's just hard for some people to see that, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get to that um, in a second. I just wanted to quickly um, introduce you so people get a little bit of an idea what you do for a day job, which we're not going to really cover today. That's a whole nother <laughs> thing. But you are a consultant for professional development. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. And from what I can tell, you absolutely love, love what you do. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, I'll put your details in the description anyway. So if anyone's curious, go and check it out. Um, but we'll leave it at that. Now, let's dive right in. Um, really basic and easy questions to start off with. Music in general, how important is it to you? Oh, uh, music is, for me and for my household, one of the threads that ties everything together. I use references to music in my work with professional development. I think music is a touch point that a lot of people can relate to, even if it is a style that they don't like. Mm -hmm. um, some of the work that I do, um, we talk about satisfaction and I talk about neuroscience and I know that's not what we're talking about today, but I take different songs to help digest that content and make it easier for people. So music is a way that we can take hard things and package them with emotional connections that, that are easier to process. But with my kids, you know, music is part of, as I have two young children and part of parenting for us was music in the middle of the night with kids who wouldn't sleep and all those things. And it, for me is autopilot is to go into music and song and um, to let my existence be driven by a soundtrack. Oh, that sounds so cool. I got to remember that. <laughs> that really sounds cool. <laughs> awesome. Now we're here to talk about um, a specific song that means yeah. a hell of a lot to you and your family. And I'm, I'm going to, you know, leave it, leave the floor open to you to share that story because it's, it's, yeah, it's really 
powerful, I think. So please, would you please share it with us all? Sure, sure. The song that we're going to talk about is a song by Gabe Dixon, and it came out in 2011. I had been a Gabe Dixon fan since graduate school, a good friend of mine. I remember the day that someone introduced me to him. We were walking, doing a campus tour as part of one of our classes in higher ed administration. And I was frustrated with something. And she mentioned this song by Gabe Dixon, a different song um, called All Will Be Well. And that became my soundtrack for grad school because there was a lot happening in my life at that time. So Gabe Dixon really has been my soundtrack twice. Um, so that became my soundtrack. And in, in fast forward, 2011, I was in the fall of 2011. My um, now husband and I were engaged and I was on a trip for work thinking about music for our wedding and decided to look him up which was really interesting because I don't know that it had crossed my mind to pay attention to what was coming out. I, I was in a busy time in my life. So just looked him up and it's a new song that came out and um, it's called My Favorite. And it is a faster song than most people would pick for a first dance for a wedding. But as soon as I heard it, I thought this is how I want to begin my life with Dan in, in that way. So we decided to use that song, my favorite, which is again, not a slow song. We took it to our, our dance lessons. We did, you know, I don't know if, if you all do that, but here in the States, we do a lot of dance lessons before weddings and different things. So we took it to our dance lessons to learn how to do a dance. It's a rumba. We learned, um, <laughs> you know, all the things. And, um, it's this song about the present and the potential of what's to come. And that's what I loved about it. I'm, I'm very lyrically centered. And so the words really stuck out to me and I, I loved the message and how that represented what it meant to be, to be beginning a marriage and a life together. We did our dance. It was great. Um, we both, you know, my husband stepped on my giant dress and ripped it in the middle of our dance, which was fine. And the best picture from my wedding, it's, it's up here in my office, is a picture of me laughing so hard because he's got big feet and I had a big dress. And that's, you know, so, so this song, a lot of just delight happened in this mm -hmm. song in the spring of 2012 when we got married. And then um, to help him prepare for our wedding or because I was a sentimental fiance or whatever, I'd made a CD of the music we were using because music is so important to me. I was, you know, everyone has certain things when they get married that they pay a lot of attention to for us. Music was one of the key things. And so I made a CD of all the different songs that different people were walking into. And, um, then that song and some other things that we knew would be played on that. So that song, I had a CD for him and a CD for me, and they just stayed in our car. And, and so I had that CD in my car for the next, it's actually still in my car. <laughs> we are, it'll be our 10 year wedding anniversary in, um, wow. in, in a few weeks. And so we just, that's, that CD has been there for 10 years. And, um, then we had kids and then life got really hard. Um, we had been navigating some health complications with Dana. We didn't really know what was going on. And it started with him being tired and then tired, went to exhausted and he was sleeping as much as our one-year-old. And, um, then he was sleeping as much as our newborns. We had, um, two tiny babies and we finally got the right testing to figure out that Dan had diffuse large B cell, aggressive non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. 
And it had taken so long for them to find it that it had filled his torso. So he was full of cancer. This was not Mm. news that, that anyone wants, right? His dad passed away from the same cancer just a few weeks after we started dating. So when we found out that he had been diagnosed with this, it just, it was a lot of things all at once because our previous experience with it ended in his dad passing away. Mm. He went to the hospital for, so the primary tumor was in his spine and it was eroding one of his vertebrae. So he was in excruciating pain Mm. and we went to the emergency room because he, we, I, I worked at the time at a school of pharmacy and had really great friends that are still my friends. Um, and when we found out what was going on, just with the initial diagnosis before we'd met with an oncologist or anything, someone said, you have to get him in for pain management. Like he can't, this isn't something you're going to be able to navigate. So just take him in. So we got him into the hospital and we'd had leading up to this, just a couple of days of constant emotional exhaustion. And the day before I turned to the hospital, we had plans with these same friends to go apple picking because we lived in the Midwest at the time and it was fall and this is what you do. And we took our kids to go apple picking and I had a three and a half month old and a 20 month old. That's how old our kids were at the time. And, and we try, he wanted so hard for things to just be normal for one more day before he went to the hospital. And that's what he said. He said, let's just, let's just try to have this day that we plan. So the emotional weight of a person you love trying to just have a normal day for your family is a lot and all these things. And I hadn't slept really much. And so we get him to the hospital. We spend something like 14 hours in the emergency room waiting for him to get admitted. And he finally gets admitted. I had great support in St. Louis where we lived at the time. And so my kids were home. Everyone was taken care of. And as I was driving home after what felt like the longest couple of days of just being stuck, not even really being able to process fully the scope of what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a Sunday night and I was driving home on the interstate in St. Louis. And because that CD was in my car this song by Gabe Dixon, which is our first dance song, started playing. And I am a, I have a vocal performance background. So I sing along. I sing along to all music, which means I pay attention to the lyric, A, because I have to sing it, but B, then my brain starts to think about the words. There are so many songs that I love because of what they say that people have never noticed the words to because it's, you know, got a good beat or a fun tune or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving down the interstate singing along to this song and I just, I had to pull over. I had to pull over because I was sobbing and it was the first substantial emotional relief that I had had since this moment, because I was trying to keep everything together because it wasn't my turn, right? In relationships, sometimes you take turns having breakdowns and it wasn't my turn to have, you know, mm-hmm. all the things. I was alone in my car and I just pulled over on the side of the road and started bawling because again, these lyrics are about not just that you're my favorite person but my favorite life is the life that we have built. And my favorite day is the next one to come and all these things. And it's about so much of the future. And I was overwhelmed by the idea that I wasn't going to have that future. Hmm. And I just 
sat and sobbed and listened to this song and thought about my dress ripping and thought about all these things and thought about this song being this catalyst for what our life was supposed to be. And, and then the reality that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be by the time, you know, the next couple of days, I end up listening to that song pretty much on repeat. And my kids, my older daughter knew my three and a half month old didn't know, couldn't, couldn't talk, but my older daughter could ask for it. Mm-hmm. She knew it was number eight on the CD soundtrack. <laughs> or on the CD so, so we would listen to number eight and we would sing and, um, and I would just, that song became for me, my prayer, really. Mm-hmm. I am a faith-based person, but it was sort of this whispered prayer into the universe of let this be true, right? Mm-hmm. Let, let this be what it was, was meant to be for us. So Dan is in pain management. And then over the next couple of days, his oncologist, um, we finally met with an oncologist and he was pretty grim and said, I don't know what your plans were for tomorrow, but, uh, their chemo, you're going into emergency chemo. There's no time to wait. Your torso is full of cancer. And he looked at me and he said, you have small children, right? And I said, yeah, he said, okay, you need to be mentally prepared to be a single parent. And that was just a lot to process, but you know, he had to be honest. That's part of healthcare is being honest and not everyone's bedside manner is gentle with honesty and that's okay. You know, that wasn't his job to be, Mm -hmm. to be gentle with truth. Um, his job was to make sure I had that truth. And, um, but throughout the time that song just became something that I, I used as the words when I couldn't come up with any, Mm -hmm. as I was, you know, trying to usher in the hope of remission and the hope of, the life that we had planned and, and all these things. So Dan went through treatment and ultimately uh, the chemo was successful. So I feel like that's an important part of the story is he's still here. Very um, important. <laughs> and so we got through that and that was in the fall into winter. And I sent a message to Gabe Dixon. I, I found his contact information through his um, recording company And I sent this email and I said, I think one of the hardest parts about being an artist is that you don't always know the impact of what you're doing. You know, a lot of people, Mm -hmm. what, whatever art form it is, they do the thing that they love because they love it and they hope that it impacts someone. So I wanted him to know the impact and the magnitude of this song on us. And I remember laughing as I wrote, did you know it is a rumba? Because that's what we learned during dance lessons. And, you know, all these things, it was very, um, honest and emotionally charged, um, with so much gratitude for this song that became such a piece of this hard time in my life. And, um, so I sent him a note and I said, if you get a chance, I would like to do something special for Dan. Um, this is a strange request, but if you wouldn't mind, <laughs> and I also said, also, if you don't do this, I won't take it personal <laughs> because yeah. I was asking a person who was, you know, this is a, a person who is famous and has a touring career and a life and, you know, whatever, all these things. And it was just some random woman yeah. email asking, asking for help. I think I sent a picture also of him, of Dan, the same picture that somebody has. I think I sent that picture too. I just said, <laughs> this is what happened when we danced your song. Um, but I said, would you mind? writing out the lyrics. What I would love to do is frame 
a copy of those lyrics written by you, if, if you're willing to do it, um, to give to Dan for our anniversary. And he got that message and he wrote them out. And there is a frame that sits on the piano in our home um, still now of the lyrics of that song. And so I walk past every day this song that really still is my prayer for my life with my husband um, because he's the person that I picked. And this song was such a perfect lyrical representation of all the energy that sat at the beginning. And to me, every day is, is the beginning of the next, right? So we will have been married for 10 years here shortly, but today is still the beginning of today. And today is still the beginning of this, you know, component and all those things. And, and so I'm grateful to still have that song in my car and in my CD player. Um, and I'm getting ready to probably sell my car. My car is 17 years old. And, and the fact that it even has a CD player and that's still working is something, but um, that CD will get transferred into the new vehicle mm-hmm. because that, that collection of songs and listening to your children sing songs that were part of your wedding has its own kind of charm if you're a music oriented person. But um, each morning I pass this gift that was given to me in the form of, yes, these lyrics that, that Gabe Dixon willingly wrote out and mailed to me. Um, with a little note on top of it. And so that note is there as well. But also that song in and of itself was such a gift for me and for my family at a time when um, there was some suck going on, right? To go back to how we started this call. But in the middle of it was still the reminder of hope. Mm. And that for me was really important was that this was our plan and I'm going to cling to this life raft while I need it and, and hope that it can continue to be my plan. And, and so for us, um, the story does end with a new chapter that still has Dan, and that's pretty great. But the magnitude of that song and singing along to that song on the drive home from, from the emergency room, or when he'd finally been admitted, all the lyrics just tasted different in my mouth mm-hmm. and they came out different. And it really was this sort of sitting on the side of the road, cry for hope. And then it just carried us through. (sighs) I think we need to just take a few seconds to digest this story. Okay. (laughs) I, I'm a little bit lost for words because just listening to, to your story and Thankfully, your husband's okay. I mean, that's yeah. the greatest gift that came out of it all. Um, and to me, it seems the second biggest gift is that song and having absolutely. that artist in your life. It's just absolutely amazing. And, yeah, I, I mean, for me, just listening, and then I thought about, you know, the artist. I think he probably walked away going, Wow. I've literally indirectly probably helped saving not just one life, but two or four, if you want to take your children into the core concept, you know, that is for me, mind blowing. I find that so amazing. That power it has, you know, it's just, it was, it was a key component to staying grounded at a time Mm -hmm. when life was really asking all of us to kind of lose it. Um, Mm. which is what life does, right? Life invites us to lose it. And what we have to do is figure out how to keep it together or 
to go ahead and lose it in a way that is not hurtful. (laughs) Um, Because sometimes you just have to lose it. And Mm. that can look different for different people. And I would say that I have different songs that I like to play when I'm losing it too. Um, (laughs) We all do. And there's um, there's a really great song that you too sings um, called Stuck in a Moment. And that song, I think, is one of those really great reminders that you can feel that thing that you need to feel. But Mm -hmm. then. Yeah go on, then you move through it. And so it's, I love that song as a reminder that you can feel the feelings, but you can't sit in them. Yeah. Hugely um, important. And I think that that's, that's really great. Again, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I can kind of, I can, I use my favorite game used to be when I was in <laughs> college and grad school. And still sometimes when I travel with my husband, I will, um, I dreamed once of being, uh, the musical director for, for films and doing soundtracks and all these things. And so I love to set up scenarios, random mm-hmm. scenarios, seemingly random scenarios and say, what song should be playing in the background? Like what would be the best song to play in this background? And oh, gosh. So that was the game we used to play was like, what, what song would you pick in the middle of this movie? And there would always be these questions of like, is it right before something good is happening or right before something bad or all these. Things. So I love thinking about the role that music plays in truly all things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and have had amazing opportunities to have music impact me in really powerful ways. And, you know, so this story is certainly one of those moments, but a I'm one. a huge listener to mm. all the words. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Lyrics are, for me are very important too. I mean, that's how I learned English. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. I've literally sat there for so many nights on my own in my room picking a German to English um, dictionary and picking my favorite songs and just going line by line, translating them. That's how I learned the language. And, you know, it helped me so much get more fluent than others at my level. So, yeah, lyrics are amazing. And, yeah, I mean, I, I am one of those people sometimes I just want the beat. Sure. I just need it sometimes, but lyrics, yeah. Absolutely. So I get where you're coming from for sure. <laughs> and I will say there are some really good songs that have really good energy and a really good beat or a really good, um, you know, musical vibe that have terrible mm. lyrics. <laughs> and I yeah. still listen to those too. I mean, there are some songs where I'm like, these are not words that I want to sing along to, but I want my body to feel this energy. So I will just listen. Yeah. Well, you can't always, okay. yeah, <laughs> of course. Is that the right way to put that? Yes. They're, the lyrics are not, um, overly complimentary to women or positive in certain ways, but the music still feels good. Right. Like I think that that's for some of us, we really do physically respond to music and there's all the research around Mm -hmm. neurologically what happens with music and the fact that we can work with patients who have cognitive disabilities Mm -hmm. um, through music. And you can take patients who have late stage Alzheimer's who have very little recognition of the people around them, but they can play music from other times in their life and they can Im- immediately connect to that. So I think music as a power is just something that you look at from um, the evolution of humans. I mean, music has always been. Yeah. That's the, ma- that's the sort of the magic and the beauty of it, right? Is it's always been. Yeah, exactly. When you just talked about, um, you know, um, people with Alzheimer's and along those lines, I remember watching a clip um, not so long ago of this elderly woman and she used to be um, a ballet dancer. I don't know if you've ever seen that clip, 
but she couldn't remember much. But they gave her um, a Walkman, not an iPod, a Walkman. I've got to say that. And they put on um, a classical song she used to dance to. And she literally started dancing in her chair. She remembered the choreography to it. And that, to me, is such a good representation of the power of music. That, it you know, becomes we don't part forget. of it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what came to mind when you said, you know, our brains are amazing at what they remember. So. Well, and it's how we teach a lot, right? We learn mm-hmm. musically a lot through mm-hmm. some of my kids sing songs about sight words that they have to spell. And I can now sing the spelling version of all the colors and all these things, you know, we, we create. And I think for people who aren't part of that experience or don't do a lot in child development, my, my undergraduate degree is in early childhood education. So I was a preschool teacher and wrote preschool curriculum, but I think it seems fun to sing songs to learn. And so that's the way we do it. But from, a, again, a cognitive standpoint, there is better retention when we use music in those ways, because it, it just impacts us differently. Mm. Yeah. That definitely feels right. I obviously don't have that knowledge, but, you know, when someone like you explains that to me, I go, yeah, that kind of makes sense to me. (laughs) It does, you know, even though I don't understand it all, but yeah, I sort of feel like totally true. (laughs) Now, um, Do you have like a song or songs, because I know one song is always very hard, that you sort of use, apart from the one we just talked about, but that sort of describes your life and or your business? Sure. And I that that yeah, question seems I, to throw people sometimes. <laughs> I, so I cheat whenever anyone asks me to ask pick favorites because I'm terrible at it. And it's so funny that the song that we're here to talk about is called my favorite, a singular thing. And Dan is (laughs) my favorite person, but in general, I can't pick a favorite food. Um, I always cheat with that too. I either pick ice cream, which has a lot of options, right? You can pick a a lot of things under the ice cream umbrella or salad, because you can also have a lot of things under the salad (laughs) umbrella. And I recently learned that people make cookie salads. Like you can even have dessert salad beyond fruit salad. Um, so I know, isn't that wild? So, so picking a favorite song is, is tricky because I think I'm so impacted by all of them that I'm like, oh, but these words are good and these words are good. But, um, one of the songs I really like and was introduced to by one of my students. So along with my consulting work, I'm a faculty member for a university here in the States. And I offered this extra credit that was tied to music because I love music and, and students are a great way to learn about new music. Um, so I offered an extra credit assignment during finals week mm-hmm. in the fall semester and said, what's a song that helps you keep going? Cause I thought I'll get some really great answers. And some of the students, I don't think thought I was going to play the song and listen to it and then write to them back commenting on the song. Oh, I've never heard this. And these lyrics were really interesting. Or I've never heard this because some of them picked songs that I don't think they wanted to talk to their faculty member about based on the, like going back to that comment we made about how the energy is really good, but maybe the lyrics are not good. Yep. Yep. Um, Yeah. So a little bit of that happened, but there was a student who sent me this song that I had never heard before by Judah and the lion. And I really like them because I think it's really fascinating when you can turn a banjo into an instrument that belongs in like non-folk music. I love folk music, but they use a banjo in, in more traditional pop music. So I think that's cool. Um, 
but it's called going to Mars. And because I'm a lyric person and because my business is rooted in authenticity, the song is about the idea that you don't need to shoot for the moon because you're going to Mars. It is about your own personal direction and pursuit. And so I love that song. Mm. I love that song. And I love, I love the, the way the tune plays out too. So I like the lyric and I have, and I like the music as well, but it's just this really great um, reminder that you have permission to go where you're going, even if everyone around you is going to the moon. And I told the student, I was like, this might be my new favorite song. I'm going to use this in my work. I, you know, when I emailed him back, I told him all about this. He responded to that email, even though it was finals week and he certainly had other things to do. And he said, my family loves this song so much. Uh, My sister who's pregnant, put the lyrics of it on her baby's nursery. And he sent me a picture of his sister's nursery. And I was just so like another person who loves lyrics like I do. And, And this song had impacted them in such a way. It was just a really neat, like unique connection that I had with this student to say, I love this lyric. And he said, oh, my whole family does. This is, you know, this is why we love it. So um, again, music is this thing that connects us in interesting ways. Mm -hmm. And um, so that is a song that I love. And there's a song that is old um, that I love by Jimmy Buffett called Fruitcakes. And my dad was killed when I was 21 years old. But prior to that, whenever we would take trips, this was the song that my dad would play at the beat. My dad loved Jimmy Buffett. And um, so this was a song he would play at the beginning of family road trips was fruitcakes. And it is about the absurdity in all of us. And um, so I love that song as a reminder of my dad and -hmm. listening to my dad, who was not musically talented, sing to it, but also um, that reminder that I was getting that I didn't realize was going to have such an impact in the type of work that I do now. Um, but this song about how we all just are who we are and that's who we ought to be. Mm. So I love, um, that song. And I've started playing it at the beginning of family road trips with my own kids. We have a couple of other songs too, but that one is in the mix. And and so when we start off, my kids know about singing about fruitcakes. And so, (laughs) yeah, I really can tell that you love authenticity a lot. I do. Yeah. And didn't you actually name your playlist app? I do. I have an authenticity playlist. Well, my company is called Strategically Authentic. So I love authenticity so much that it is in my branding. Um, and I often say to crowds of people during keynotes, if you can't be yourself, what's the point? Mm. Um, and so I do have an authenticity playlist that is all songs that are about um who you are and uh so there is another song that is a Spanish song and in the lyric, it talks about, I, I would rather be, I wouldn't rather be anybody else, but me like, and, and there are a number of songs that come out with this, um, mm-hmm. you know, what's wrong with being confident. There are all these songs that are like anthems for authenticity. And there are really different ways that you can have anthems for authenticity because you have these high energy songs. And then also in that mix for me is Carol King. Again, I love folk music. So Carol King has a song called beautiful and it's about getting up every morning and showing the world who you are and what you've got in your heart. And so you can build an entire playlist around Mm -hmm. showing up as yourself and it can be so many different genres, genres that are represented. And for me, that's really useful because again, I talk about 
music in my work because it's part of who I am and I speak about authenticity. So it shows up in my work anyway, but, but being able to take all these different performers and lyrics and giving them a completely different life through this lens of showing up as yourself and the permission that we all have to exist as who we are is something that I just love to do. Oh, I love this. So cool. I'm, yeah, I I could listen to you talk for probably not a half an hour. (laughs) Super interesting what you share and also obviously the tip it's about how our brain works and everything but um, that would probably go a bit too far <laughs> for today's episode maybe we'll have to do a part two there you go <laughs> there i can you tell go. you all the songs about satisfaction yeah <laughs> the first one comes to mind though it's an obvious one isn't it sure that's yeah. actually i often i so it my i had give a keynote on um the neuroscience of satisfaction and i jokingly say at the beginning of all of it that Mick Jagger and Keith Richards just needed neuroscience. <laughs> that, that's all the Rolling Stones needed was yes. neuroscience, and they would have found that satisfaction. They would have had it, yes. <laughs> oh dear. Well, maybe we can get you in touch with them and help them oh, out. Oh, geez, have us write another yet. letter and send it out into the universe yes. and see what happens. You had you were lucky once. Why not twice? <laughs> <laughs> well. I think we covered a lot and it's been good and it's been, you know, really food for thought, I think, for a lot of areas um, in our life. So, again, thank you very much for sharing your story and your take on music and giving people a bit of hope, I think, that if they can find their song, it can really help them, not just in that phase, but through their whole life. And that is probably something so simple sometimes that we need instead of looking for the complicated keep it simple and listen sometimes the simple solution is the most effective yeah exactly (laughs) well yes I think that's it you've already told me about you know your authenticity playlist and that's kind of you know your favorite thing so is there anything else that comes to mind that you might want to share otherwise we can wrap it up no, if any, if anyone ever wants to get inside into my authenticity playlist, though, they can come find me and I will share all the songs. Um, cause I do, I do love that. I love, I love the idea that we create musical reminders for ourselves. And, mm-hmm. and so a playlist of anything, you know, some people have a study playlist or a marathon training playlist for people who do marathons. I do not do that. Um, you know, but we all have, but I cheer for marathon runners. I like doing that part. Um, yep we all have messages that we need to remember mm-hmm. and music is one of the best ways to keep them connected even when things are hard or scary or overwhelming and so using that sort of musical life raft is something i think a lot of people can benefit from and, and don't realize the impact that it's having and it's okay if you don't know that it's helping you as long as you just feel a little bit of a lift for that moment so um you know that's for me that's one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself is a collection of songs that that help keep you afloat i love the lifeboat thing that really that's a cool one i gotta remember that one (laughs) right well i think these are really cool words to end this episode with um thanks again for coming on all your contact details will be 
shared with my audience. So if anyone wants to playlist, they can contact you. If anyone wants to get in touch or find out more about you, it's all going to be there too. Um, otherwise, yes, another one done. God, it's always so much fun and time goes so quickly. But yeah, thank you so much for coming on again. Super grateful. And um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, all right, B-Siders, we'll wrap it up and say goodbye for another episode. Um, as always, um, you know, get in touch if you have any questions. Um, otherwise, I'll talk and see you in the next episode. Keep on dancing and keep on rocking. And until then, bye.